You're listening to The Sister Trill with Danai and Kiveli. Hello and welcome back to The Sister Trill. I am Danai. And I'm Kiveli. And today we will be talking about a subject that has been kind of important for us in the last year, especially. And this is the open household concept. We will basically be discussing everything that is connected to that also because we are living in this type of an arrangement right now. So um, before we get into it, maybe a quick overview of how we are living. Um, We're living in one big house with me and my partner and my kids. So these are already four people. Then Kiveli in her own, let's say, little area in the house. Then our au pair. So that's the sixth person. And well, your kid's au pair. It sounds like yeah, it's our au pair. No, our au pair, right. Yeah, yeah. The au pair that's taking care of my kids. <laughs> and then another friend. So seven people in the house. It's a big house, but we are seven people in mm-hmm. it. So um, this is just to give you an insight of what we're going to get into. This is our household. But um, yeah, before we get into it, let's talk about what we disagreed on this week. Okay, actually, I didn't prepare for this for this segment this time, but, but I, I think mean, that yeah, yeah right, obvious. it's pretty obvious because there was one thing we disagreed on, which was actually related to exactly. the whole household Unplanned. concept <laughs> thing, which was this room that we are in right now is kind. It's, it's right next to my room, and it is what we like. It's kind of a, a amalgamation of different things. It's the guest room, my guest room in a way. It's also the music room, obviously where the grand piano is in. It is the podcast room. It is kind of, um, it is many different things. And we were kind of disagreeing on how to, I don't know, like f- psychologically feel about this room. How to like, use exactly, it. Exactly, how to use yeah. it. Like, it was important to me to feel that this was also kind of part of my space. And it was important to you to uh, feel like it was also your space. So yeah. we kind of like had to find where like this my space, your space borderline lies because the rest of the house is actually quite beautifully arranged in the sense that there is quite clearly a space that is like more, you know, the room of you and your partner, of your kids, of the au pair, the office of your partner. Then there is obviously my room and then there is the common area, which is kitchen and living room and like play area and things like that. The, the place where we eat and stuff like that. So this is the only room that is kind of a bit of a like my space our space, uh, I would say, combination, and we had to figure out, like, the right balance. Yeah, I mean, there are several things that played into it, the first being that in the beginning we had talked about Kiveli having kind of like an apartment within the house, let's say something like a two-room apartment, so there is her bedroom and then there would be this room, so this was why Kiveli was saying, well, this should actually be my space. Then, of course, we made it kind of like a music studio, this is, as you can see, where the grand (laughs) piano is and Also where we are recording the podcast, where we would rehearse or where we are rehearsing when other musicians come and we play chamber music. So this also plays a role. And then also it is a factor that in order to get to this room, you have to walk through Kiveli's room. So you could only enter it. And of course, the biggest one is that it like this room is very well isolated compared to the rest of the house. Yeah. But compared to my room, it's very, very like you can hear everything that's happening in the other room. So that like there is this like you know there is it's like a typical I would say uh, challenge with like living together, like trying to figure out ways so everyone (laughs) feels at home and comfortable, and that no one feels like there is a compromise going on or things like that. But you have to communicate and kind of discuss where those boundaries lie. So um, yeah. 
very on topic so disagreement. It was a very had. on topic disagreement. And also, we haven't completely come to the solution yeah. yet. I mean, we are more like emotionally, I would say, resolved. we found a solution resolved, but, but we haven't really discussed, okay, what is it yeah. now? We, we are still kind of working on that. But I think this whole episode will be on how to work on these yes. things. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I wanted to start off by asking you, when was the first time that you became aware of this concept of an what I call an open household? Mm -hmm. And also, what does it actually mean to mm -hmm. you, the open household? I think that it's interesting because both our parents, in very different ways, not didn't necessarily practice open houses. Like, our father practiced a lot of like a lot of open household, but also our mother was very welcoming to other people. Yeah. Open household meaning that it's a very common or kind of very desired by all the people living in the house to be very welcoming of other people, to stay, whether it's just for a night or two or just for some months, you know, to be like very open about sharing the space, not just with the people who officially live here for long term, but also short term people coming yeah. in and out. Um, our father definitely, I would say, had... The, the, like we we definitely saw this philosophy in action in his house in San Diego. He had a big house in San Diego that had lots of different little spaces. There was a tree house in the garden that wasn't just like your typical little tree house, but it had like electricity and a kitchen and a bathroom and everything. And there were multiple areas for guests to stay in. And it, it was it was like it, I would say it was two things. One of the things was like generally people staying there for six months there or a year there that kind of became part of the closer circle or family almost. But then it was also that during the days, friends that wouldn't stay there could literally just come and go spontaneously um, as their schedules allowed for it. Yeah. They would literally be, ah, today this person's coming. And I remember really loving it because also someone really, I would say, feels very comfortable with people around. I love the fact that every day... There were new encounters happening mm -hmm. and spontaneously, you know, you would start out the day and, ah, this cool person is coming by. Yeah. So I, I really loved both, I would say, like the generosity that an open household concept implies, as well as the fact that in practice you get to see so many more people and get close yeah. to so many more people. So for you, as you already said, the open household also implies that there are not only people that are living in the house, mm -hmm. but let's say strangers that don't live there coming by, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, for me also, the first time that I became aware of that was when we were for a long time, for the first time in California, visiting our dad, because I remember him using this word. He said to us, we're living in an open household. And I just uh -huh. thought, what does that mean, open household? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember situations where we would wake up in the morning and I would ask um, him, so who's here today? And he said, I don't actually know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah, don't even yeah, know. Yeah. He's because friends brought friends. And yeah, of course, yeah, we, we yeah. should say that, um, you know, it was a very big house. So yeah. it's not like a, a little flat where obviously, you know, yes, who's there. Yeah, yeah. you can yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. get lost. Also, the, in the garden was very big. And exactly. Yeah. And it was very much also kind of this spiritual community yes, feeling. Yeah, yeah. But I was also very intrigued by it and then also with our mother in in germany we also had people yeah, staying same. over for months yeah. at a time that needed a place yeah or, for and, sure yeah for sure yeah i mean again of course it comes with a certain size of yeah. house that yeah. you know you can then offer this also have guest rooms and things that obviously mean the house that we live in now is not comparable in size to the house no. that my dad <laughs> that our dad had in, in san diego but i mean it's still it's absolutely possible to you know yeah. have people come in spontaneously and I always, I always loved the 
that. I yeah. always love both the spontaneous aspect and that, you know, it feels like out of an ordinary day, an extraordinary day yeah. can happen, which is wonderful. And do you think that people have to be similar in their interests and in their lifestyles in order for this to work? Now I'm thinking, of course, especially more about the long-term guests, mm. not just someone visiting for the day. So like, you know, if you party late, does everyone have to be a late yeah, partier? Yeah. Or if you're an right. early riser? Right. I mean, of course, again, it depends on how much space you have so that everyone can live kind of their own individual preferences, live out their individual preferences. Generally, I think that it helps to know what are your like hardcore boundaries and what are your softcore boundaries. And I think that in the hardcore boundaries, you need to make sure that the people that stay in your house are aware of them and follow them. Yeah. But I would say with the softcore boundaries, if someone lives a very different lifestyle to you, maybe it's also interesting to kind of dive into or tap into a different philosophy and try, try that out in a way. But I would say that, at least for me, I don't have very many hardcore boundaries, yeah. the truth is. Like, the truth is that as long as I have my own room and my own, like, private space to be able to kind of retract to yeah. and, and, and live out whatever I want to do in that moment, um, I don't have that many hardcore boundaries that would, you know, make it difficult for me to have different mm. types of people with different habits live yeah. in the house. I, I also feel like actually similar interests or similar lifestyles are not important at all. Yeah. Because if I think of just my au pairs, for example, yeah, yeah. I mean, they go out, they party late, yeah. obviously, they want to enjoy the city, yeah. and I don't, because <laughs> I yeah. stay with the kids, so um, that doesn't bother me mm. at all. Of course, there are certain things for me, for example, if I'm thinking now about au pairs, like, I'm looking for a non-smoker, for yeah. example, I don't mm -hmm. think I would feel so great yeah. about people smoking in the house because we're all non-smokers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely so. not in the house. But I mean, if there is a smoker, you just say, please smoke in the garden. Please smoke right. in front of the house. But you know? I, like, I'm just thinking about yeah. it, that this would be something that would make me feel a little more uneasy. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. think lifestyle-wise, other than that... Um, yeah it, it can, yeah, it can vary. Of course, it depends on the size. I mean, there was a time where you can speak um, maybe from experience where you were roomies with literally three yeah. other people <laughs> in a two-room yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, pr I took the open household concept a bit to yeah. the extreme. Um, I mean, it's again, the, the, yes, the situation was that when I had just moved to Berlin, I moved to a two-room apartment. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a single girl. I don't need that much space. So I just had a, a two-room apartment, so bedroom, living room, kitchen, bathroom room hallway and because I, I had some friends that come from Lesbos the island that you know we're both from from our Greek side and I had invited them to come um, visit Berlin and maybe check out Berlin get a job here see whether they maybe want to stay they're all, they're all my age so it was kind of at a phase where we're all embarking and starting on you know what do we want yeah. to do with our lives it was like and a, what we call in German VG exactly so basically yeah. I'd, I'd said that if you guys come I know that it is a big deterrent to come to a place where you don't have a place to stay you don't have a job you know how to financially kind of do that so I told him you can just come stay at my place and, and until you're kind of settled in and then once you also have a stable income you can start finding Find, mm -hmm. to find your own own place and it had been for a while for a couple of years it had always been like alternately one person then another person then another friend but then one year it kind of happened that three friends came at the same time so for one year it was actually four of us staying like me and my best friend in, in my bedroom and two other good friends in my living room 
And again, I mean, because I'm a person that doesn't have these many like hardcore boundaries that would bother me, mm-hmm. I actually experience it as a very cruel situation okay. most of the time. Of course, sometimes, you know, there were, especially like I remember in when I was really preparing for a concert and I was like in a high pressure situation and my piano was in the living room. So where the other two were staying and they were, I don't know, playing something um, on their phones. Like I would then, you know, w- practice with um, headphones to kind of have my own sense. O- obviously there are some situations where it's even better to have as much private space as possible. But generally speaking, I took far more positive excitement and unpredictability mm. from the entire experience and, and in, than it being a problem for me. And in this type of very little space yeah. environment, would you say that there it is more important to be kind of on a similar rhythm or even there? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, matter. it was quite interesting. It was me and my best friend had like more of a, I would say, conventional rhythm of, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe going to bed late here and there and then waking up at a reasonable time. And the other two were very much like, you know, going to bed at 4.30 in the morning and then waking yeah. up in the afternoon or something. But not afternoon, but like noonish. And but generally speaking, again, I didn't. As long as I could do what I wanted to do, and I remember, even if they were sleeping, I was saying like, you know, I'll come and practice. I'll put on my headphones, mm-hmm. but it's so, you know, like as long as it's very clear, like my hardcore boundary would, of course, be whenever I want to practice, I need to be yeah. able to practice, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, generally speaking, I I found that you know, as long as you have this space where you feel comfortable in. It's yeah. fine. And my best friend and I had a very similar, I would say, yeah. philosophy. So that worked very well. Mm-hmm. If she had had like the going to bed at in the middle of the night philosophy, maybe that would have been a bit more right. difficult. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the most important questions to talk about is, you already mentioned it, but what are the basic needs that mm-hmm. have to be met? I mean, you already mentioned space. I think space is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. I feel like also in this house, we are this many people, but each and every one of us has their room, for example, has their space. I mean, obviously I share a room with my partner, but there's a, you know, a room where you go and if you wanted to, you could lock the door and no one would come in. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, space is a factor, but also is there anything else like sound, volume? Yeah. I I mean, that that depends on the person. For me, for me, I think definitely this privacy space, especially like for a long-term living arrangement, mm-hmm. um, I need to be able to be 100% comfortable and myself in my room and to not feel judged, you know, to not feel like you have to be uh, a certain person or have to be like, you know, engaging with and we can just totally, you know, do whatever you want in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I think... What needs to be important is that you have to have the feeling that financially you're in a comfortable space, mm-hmm. like like whatever that may be. You, you know? mean in within the group? Yeah, like I'm thinking about about things like you know who buys stuff for the Groceries, supermarket and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not necessarily that it has to be 50-50 or 30-30-30, whatever, but that you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with that arrangement and then you're conscious of that arrangement, yeah. that, you know, it's very clear that this person is about this and this person mm-hmm. takes care of this, that there is no, like, kind of one person feeling slighted in that area. Because yeah. especially if finances are scarce, I think that then you know, it, it can quickly yeah. be a point of contention. I think with us, it's not that much because like not none of us like spends copious amount of money on something that the other person wouldn't, you yeah. know? But I think that generally, especially when you talk about an arrangement where a lot of people don't earn that much money, you have to be very clear about who gives what mm. for what. Like also when it comes to like, you know, heating and water yeah. and things like that. For me, 
one of the very basic needs that you did not mention, but that for me is very important, is also like the cleanliness. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha- like just the the household chores. Mm-hmm. Let's say you know who's gonna vacuum, who's gonna wash up, who's yeah. gonna dust yeah, yeah, off. Yeah. I don't know yeah. all, all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. This is also for me something to discuss and something that we very much did discuss. Yes. So I mean, maybe we can go through those basic needs how we. Yes. Did it because I think what is different in our arrangement and it also kind of ties to my next question is that it is not there is not one clear person who's let's say the ultimate veto decision maker. You know, it's not like yeah. you in your apartment and three friends come and join you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah We yeah. are very much three equal people, yes. I would say. So I yeah. mean Kiveli and I and my partner are the three people that kind of make the joint decisions yeah. for this house. And then, of course, the au pair and the friend is a guest and the kids just, you know, follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the kids just enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I think this is kind of the, what makes it a bit special and yeah. different because it would be different if you said, this is my house, ultimately my rules. But we're three also very different people. Yeah, with making, very different needs. Exactly, yeah. making the rules. So, I mean, maybe we can start with this whole chore thing because this was definitely... Yeah, a, I mean, the, 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 the way we did it, which is, I think exactly the way one should approach it is obviously in our respective areas it's like my my space exactly. my rules yeah um and then in the joint areas there has to be like a very i would say clear and concise strategy yeah. in place and i remember even before we moved in or just when we moved in together one of the first things we did is like a household schedule and plan yeah where we exactly we literally we, we, we made a schedule very like we yeah. verbalized what well, it's more you verbalized and <laughs> because i mean in terms of cleanliness and like yeah. tidiness you've got a higher standard than me so it was more you saying okay this is what i really need to be done right yeah And then we decided, and we quite fairly did it, you know, yeah. every th- week we take turns in one thing, every, yeah. you know, three times a week take turns in another thing. And But there, like, there has to be a very clear, clearly communicated strategy yeah. in place. Exactly. And, and this is why I say it ties into my next question, because my next question is how to deal with conflict, conflicts mm-hmm. when they arise. And for example, another, because this was, let's say, kind of a point of conflict, another point of conflict or potential point of conflict was how to deal with the open part of mm-hmm. the open household, because that's very exactly. much where you have, yeah, let's say, where the I mean, highest... I'm like uh, the highest, highest center of openness, and yeah. I would say that maybe your partner is the one least the, enthusiastic yes. about yeah. certain types of guests, so like, you know, not yeah. any guests. And also just, like, a lot of yeah, guests. Yeah, a lot of guests. Yeah. And I mean, again, there, it is, like... It's always always a matter of kind of accepting the hardcore boundaries of somebody and being very willing, everyone involved, to kind of adapt in the soft core boundaries yeah. of it. Like, for example, with this one, it's very clear that if there are a lot of guests, that they're more obviously in the lower, more my space of the house. And then obviously there are certain things that cannot happen, like they can't wake up the kids because they're too loud or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like this type of quite obvious situations. But within the confines of saying... Okay, if there are a lot of people at a later time, they can come to my room, they can come to the music room, things like that, that then maybe it's also okay to have many people unannounced. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like this type of compromise. And, and ultimately, I think that once a strategy is in place that everyone agreed on, you cannot subsequently get into a bad mood about it. Yeah. That is a very, very important thing. 
it has to do with any arrangement where like many people decide I on think, a bigger project. Yeah. You have to be like in, in that discussion, we're also like, you know, you can be very honest about what you want and no, I want that. I can't be okay with this. Or that. But as soon as like a compromise has been found after that, you like, it's very important to be enthusiastic about that. And, it, and it shouldn't feel as a compromise anymore. Exactly. As soon as it's been decided, yeah. I think it's important that you stop thinking, okay, I'm making a compromise, but yeah. you start thinking, this is the plan. This is my life now. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and I think that in all these points, you have to kind of define who has the, let's say, highest standard or the highest, um, you know, like expectations. Yeah. And then, of course, kind of go with that person because... Otherwise, that person will be unhappy. And then try to accommodate... As much as possible. As much as possible. So uh, obviously there are compromises involved. And for me, the most interesting thing has been actually watching my partner who very much comes from the opposite side of the spectrum when it comes to open households. I mean, he um, didn't experience anything like that before this house. Very much traditional, I would say, I mean, closed, if you want to call that, but just the normal family arrangement, which is you live in your house and of course you have a guest here and there, but you live with your partner and that's it. Um, And then he was suddenly confronted with us (laughs) and this whole thing. And it, it has been very interesting for me to see how he changed and how his perspective changed and how he now actually values something that in the beginning very much scared him and almost, you know, made him feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this is why my next question is, you know, obviously there is so much compromise involved and you have to, in a way, sacrifice something. Why do it? So Mm. what is your takeaway from it? What is the value? I mean, I think that generally, like, first of all, like, why do it live together with, like, your family and things like that? I think that... I mean, there are two parts. Yeah, exactly. Why do the living together and then also the more... I mean, the the, the open household, I think it's because you get so much more than you have to compromise. I Mm -hmm. mean, the... the, Also, if if I just think about the fact that when... Because we've got, obviously, many mutual friends, but many of those mutual friends are closer to one of us. We both know them, but they might be closer to one of us. That whenever... a friend that's closer to you comes along, I get to see that person as well, you know, and I get to enjoy my time with them as well and vice versa. That there is a, you know, the, the, the amount of people you get in contact with multiplies and the amount, and every time you get in contact with someone, there is always potential for something unexpected, beautiful, nicer to happen. Like it gets you out of your everyday routine, which in my opinion is a good thing, getting yeah. out of your everyday routine. So, and, and, and of course, the other thing is also, I would say it's a, a maybe deeper, more, I would say less tangible feeling of like constantly being like in, in, in a gesture of like, you know, open arms and inviting people into your life and into your lifestyle. And I do think that we're both very privileged people and we grew up in a very privileged way mm-hmm. and are continuing to, I would say, enjoy consequences of said privilege. And I also feel that, I wouldn't use the word responsibility, but that it is, it makes me feel good and as if I'm kind of paying it forward to make it possible for people who are less privileged or didn't have 
as much luxury available as we did um, to share that with them and yeah. kind of invite them into our lives and make things easier for them. I, I mean, I, I do feel that it's almost a responsibility, but I, I don't want to like have that as a rule for everyone who grew up, you know, in a bit more privileged way. But it makes me feel very good to be able to mm -hmm. share that with people. It makes me happy to see people partake in this lifestyle because I do think that it's more the exception, this open household for sure. than the rule. I mean, the truth is whoever I talk to when I mention how we live just the fact that you live with us it's already what I mean first of all they ask how does your sister cope with having you and your family yeah. and then they ask and how does your partner yeah. cope with having, having your, your sister, sister. Yeah. and I think that that is a very unusual yeah it's the same thing. they also yeah with me they also always ask like you know what is if you what what would you do if you want to have a guy over or yeah. friends over and you've got children there all the time and mm -hmm. things like that and I mean generally speaking it's again like this question of what are your priorities and I would say if I compare the feeling of for example being I mean, so close you just do it you just have a guy over you just yeah, have a friend oh, obviously yeah. no but I'm saying like the, the priorities of this like smidge of extra privacy you might feel mm -hmm. of really having a 100% space that yeah. is your own versus the payoff of for example growing up like being so close to my nephews growing up and seeing them every day coming back from the kindergarten sharing the new friend they made or the new word they learned the new habit they had or just the availability to have someone I grew up so close to be there you know for every slightly unnecessary unimportant mini issue arising in my life and also like how much I've learned from your partner being someone who's so different mm -hmm from me and you know I mean if you live with someone of course you know there is like some sort of influence that happens and yeah. I find you know being influenced by people who I respect but are very different from me also a very positive thing yeah and um generally again it's this matter of like I really enjoy liveliness and I think that liveliness is something that gives me energy and when I go up and like you know everyone is there and things are happening and the kids are playing on the carpet and someone is cooking and there is music going on and um, our friend is working in the living room and you know your boyfriend's coming down yeah I just did this and this deal like it gives me like it's so many different sources mm. of inspiration it gives me energy to you know be my best self yeah. for me it was kind of a development I would say because when I moved um, out from our childhood home mm -hmm. I was very happy to I mean actually I first moved in with my boyfriend yeah but then we broke up and then I was very happy to have my own apartment mm -hmm. and I I was never even considering going into a vigier type thing yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Mm -hmm. with with roommates I was very happy to just have my space and do whatever I wanted um and then actually when this whole thing with kids started that's when I really changed my perspective and when I mm. really got into this whole open thing again and was reminded of how much I liked it as a kid, actually. Yeah. And that's when I started thinking about what I think is a huge advantage for children growing up in a household with not just the parents, but mm -hmm. other people. Because I, it reminds me of, you know, back in the olden days when you grew up with the entire village, mm -hmm. basically. And I think that this is such a big takeaway because you know how you always say you need at least two parents yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, to yeah, yeah. balance each other out. But imagine if you have, let's say, five people that are yeah. acting as parents, yeah. how much they can take away from that. And it's different cultures. It's different languages. I mean, the kids are growing up with three languages, like, simply yeah. because there is also, for example, this English-speaking au pair yeah. in the house. And 
and also you know different influences from completely different parts of the world yeah. different world views and getting to play in different ways with different people like the yeah. way they play with our friend who is also their godfather is mm-hmm. so different from mm-hmm. the way they play with me and and with my partner and that's great that they also have that yeah. they're a bit more like rough and wild with him yeah. and it's great that they can do that with yeah. him and that's why i think that it is so valuable to do that and then also the visitors i mean yes there is some kind of let's say work that goes with it you know if you think about okay maybe it might be a bit stressful to have to prepare something for them or clean up after or things like that but the benefit that you get yeah, from it exactly. and the yeah. influence and the the joy and the adventure yeah. you know at the end of the day you remember this experience yeah. you don't remember another day in the life of yeah. the house yeah, yeah. with the two parents that were having the same dinner yeah. but you remember oh that night when five people came over yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah, yeah, um yeah, yeah. i've really gotten to think of it as something extremely valuable especially since having kids and i what i also really like is you know sometimes i just come up from my practice and suddenly there's a cake that was made and someone made cookies and <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, things yeah, yeah. just happen yeah 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 because yeah, there are so yeah, many yeah. people that does everyone does their thing and you share this yes especially when there are people from different countries suddenly you eat a dish that you didn't even know yeah. existed yes, yeah. and yeah yeah, yeah 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 I mean this unpredictability for me like everything that's unpredictable also automatically implies there is potential for something cool and that yeah I agree totally like all this like the fact that you can constantly be surprised in your own house mm-hmm. I, I, I can see how maybe other people or maybe people that are not used to this type of mentality might also find that an intimidating aspect. Yes. Like, you know, I want to feel safe, comfortable. I want it to be predictable. But personally, I don't crave comfort or safety yeah. that much as you I know, crave adventure. You know how many people have asked me about the au pair experience because the main uh, factor why they are unsure whether mm-hmm. they want to do it is because they will have someone living in their house. Interesting. And so many many people have asked me, how is it? Isn't it weird that there's someone yeah, else yeah, in the yeah. house? And I'm just like, she's not the only one in our <laughs> house. You know? So yeah, like for yeah, me, yeah. it's something so obvious, but also because we grew up with au pairs yes, in our house. So that's true. For yeah. me, it was normal. But yeah. I find it interesting for how many people it really is yeah. a very big step to invite yeah. someone into this, which it also is this sacred space mm. called home. And, you know, yeah. unsure what to do with it. But... Um, A story that I really like that is also connected to languages, but I think that that plays a big part in this having many people in the house, is that um, the person that developed this language program, I don't want to say anything wrong, but I feel that it, that it is the Rosetta program, but I okay. might be mistaken. Anyway, the person that developed it said that he grew up in an environment where every person in his life spoke a different language. So he spoke one language with his father, one with his mother, one with the gardener, one with a cleaning lady. And he grew up thinking that every person speaks a different language just because he grew up in this super multicultural environment. So for him, it was so normal that he would learn a language quickly in order to communicate yeah. with yeah, a yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's not quite like that in our household, but still there are many languages. Yeah. Um, and I can see that my kids are already saying, okay, he says it like that. She says it like that. Yeah. He says it yeah, like yeah. that. And I think it's so great to not assume, you know, that everyone is like everyone you. is like yeah. you, but mm-hmm. to already be like, okay, he does it like that. She does. Yes. It. I think it's such yeah. a beautiful 
I agree. thing to, I agree. to start from. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, also not just in terms of languages, but also in terms of culture yeah, and habits. traditions and, and food. And, and yeah. I mean, they, they, your kids come into contact with so, like, on the spectrum of conservative to super, like, uh, progressive. Yeah. And they get into contact with all types of people. And that is so, so nice, you know, for them yeah. to just not assume that there is one thing that's normal, but what is normal is diversity and variety, yeah, which exactly. is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that um, in order to finish this big subject, um, I, I found some questions on the internet about things to clear up before you move in together. Okay. <laughs> and I thought we could answer these questions, whether we've cleared them up. Okay. And also well, like the answer how be. we deal with them. Okay. Some are a bit longer, some are shorter. Okay. So, um, okay. The first one is how to divide finances. This is obviously something that we discussed in we discussed. the beginning. I mean, it's just everything divided by three. We share everything. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I think obviously this is also probably the number one thing yeah. you need to yeah. discuss yeah. before. Yeah, 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 yeah getting into any kind of living arrangement. Um, okay, so the second point is chores, cleaning, washing up. We kind of we already mentioned it, that. Yeah. And now we're getting some um, smaller ones. So toilet seat up or down? Down. Definitely we're down. All down. Even your partner is a down person, right? He, he's the biggest down person. You no, know, because I mean, usually the, the thing is like men like it, guys like it up. Yeah. And no, I don't think they like it. They just leave it. But I mean, I don't ever put it up. In order to no no but I mean yeah, that's true but I meant the entire thing ah because no, I'm actually an up person yeah I find that ah, I thought weird. you meant like the you know Got the it, second yeah. one I mean you're right that's also yeah a, yeah, a yeah, fact, yeah yeah but okay that anyway yes yeah yeah, yeah. no but no, I meant toilet the seat. entire do you know what the thing is <laughs> the thing is like whenever the toilet seat is down I feel that the previous person. Like maybe did a specific messy situation. I know you've and told me that. Closed it so to weird. kind of hide it. Yeah. So I'm always afraid to open it up. <laughs> that maybe a more disgusting image is going to me. I like, find it so to, weird. To me, it's like a matter of kind of being polite. No, and that the, you close. And it. the other thing is like the like you in in the bathroom usually smells like your toilet detergent, right? And I find that the toilet detergent being like the good smell that if you close it you don't let the freshness <laughs> go in you do realize that that's also where the stinky bit i know <laughs> but it's, it's kind of that no i get it but that is flushed down hopefully. so obviously we have not cleared that one up yeah but i mean i use my bathroom you guys use your bathroom, exactly so the good thing is there are several opportunities yeah. here where yeah, you yeah. could go to the toilet so it's not yeah. really a point of conflict um but i'm very much a down person um uh, okay then it says taking out the trash well, we've also, we've also very a, much have a plan, a plan on that. for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, then toilet paper over or under? Over. I'm also an over person. Yeah. Totally. My my ex-boyfriend who I used to live with was an under person. Really? And I didn't get it. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm an over yeah, person. Very much over person also. Okay, then who does the cooking? That would be maybe the one that we haven't completely figured out because there are so many people. And yeah. it's like, it's a kind of situation because you automatically usually, of course, cook also for your kids and your partner. Yeah. I, before I started like being very careful with what I eat, I used to also cook for everyone. Yes. Like when I did a meal, I used yeah. to cook for everyone. Now that I'm a bit more 
picky with what I eat and I try to eat as healthy as I can. I kind of, you know, also many times don't cook like big meals, but would eat like smaller snacks or, you know, cook, if I cook a big meal, keep it for the next day because it's like a chickeny meal. Yeah. Like a, so I know that you've expressed a desire <laughs> for me to cook for you more. Um, so No, but you know, actually when we started living in this house, like everyone for themselves, right? I, I would say yeah. now it's very much everyone for themselves. But when we started living in this house for a while, I kind of felt the obligation to cook for the entire group somehow. Okay. We used to have these lunches, you know, where we yeah, would yeah, have yeah, the yeah, full yeah. table. Mm. Really, everyone who was in the house would eat and it would be like, yeah. lunchtime, let's go. But now it's kind of changed also due to the fact that the kids are in kindergarten. And also Corona, like the, yeah. the, the lockdown has stopped. So we're not all actually, exactly. we're rarely all in the yeah. house. At the same time, exactly. Yeah. But um, now I feel like it's just everyone for themselves, which yeah. I also think is the easiest yeah. way. And of course, as I mentioned before, sometimes someone makes a cake or cookies yeah. Yeah, or yeah, someone yeah. makes a banana bread and yeah. that's for everyone. Yeah. And there's like a special treat or we might plan, okay, dinner together yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. and then but or someone orders food yeah. for everyone so yeah mm -hmm. but i think actually a little detour from the questions it's a very important fact to mention that we are rarely all in the house at the same time yeah that's true because we we have lives that are very much outside of the house traveling a lot yeah we are you know on concert tour and then um it means that we actually are not so much in each other's hair and yeah. in each other's spaces because we yeah. are out of the yeah, house yeah, quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it plays a, a big role. Yeah. It would be different if we had an office job and just came back. Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> okay, okay the, the next question is more if you're also sharing the room, but are you a snoozer? How's your alarm clock uh, situation? Yeah, I'm very much a snoozer. Dana <laughs> is not at all a snoozer. That only comes into play for us when we share yeah. a hotel room. I mean, it used to be a, a thing when we used to share a room back in our childhood That's true. home. Yes. Because I, I'm someone who just sets the alarm clock and just gets yeah. up. And I'm very much someone who snoozes. Who snoozes, yeah. Uh, yeah. And when we used to share hotel rooms, now we actually don't share hotel yeah, rooms anymore. anymore. We've upgraded to single hotel, like to, cool. to two hotel rooms. That's the we, level we that we're at already. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a bit of an issue. Yeah, actually, I think the compromise was that I said I'm going to just do like one plus one, one snooze. like one snooze yeah. basically. So there are two times yeah. instead of I usually do four. My partner's thankfully also not a snoozer. Yeah, it's just alarm and get up. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, the next one is actually something that we've discussed quite often. How are, do we feel about plants? Plants, oh lord. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I'm not a plant person at all. I'm like an art, a sculpture, a painting person. I mean, the question says plants decorations, but that's exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Danai would love to, like, whenever there is a space, like, place a planty thing in there. I, just I feel, feel like it's plants like give life. Yeah, I don't, I, you see, it's interesting because I don't feel that plants give life at all. Mm. I feel that, I mean, certain types of flowers might give life or like interesting plants, but the, like just greenery. I also am not that, I mean, I'm now wearing green and you're also wearing green, but also <laughs> not that fond of the color green, especially mm -hmm. not like plant green. Interesting. And, 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 and. I'd much rather look at like a sculpture or something like beautiful, something artsy, yeah. painting. You see, to me, the plant immediately signifies cozy somehow. Mm. I, feel, I feel comfortable here. I feel at home here. I'm yeah. right now thinking about, I don't know why this is popping into my mind, but I remember that um, when I used to go see a psychotherapist, going into her office, there was the couch next to a gigantic, 
gigantic plant. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there and thinking, this is a safe space. There's this plant. Interesting, yeah. For me, pla- I mean, it's not, the truth is when they're there, they don't bother me. It's not yeah. like, oh, I look at them and I, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But like, but they also don't, don't inspire me. buy them. Yeah. yeah, and also... And also the other thing is but that... But you said you like real- those little trees, these mini trees, you know, that we put upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, Those yeah. you said you liked, Yeah, right? I just thought because they, they're they not real. They're yeah, not, but not, the not, look of them. Yeah, yeah, but the, uh, the look of them because they look artsy. They're like, you know, a perfect mm-hmm. little circle. And, you know, that they look like a real plant would look, like that yeah. real plant would look. I mean, the plant that we have in our living room that's kind of like this thing that's yeah. snaking around yeah, the it's like, I don't know the name, but on the uh, ceiling... To be honest, I mean, it's fine, but if it were like just dangling around, I would be a bit like, what is this thing in my face? <laughs> really? You know? What I would really like to have for the house is one of those big plants that stands in the corner, you know, mm. like a mini palm tree type of situation. Yeah. I think that would be so beautiful, like next to the sofa or something Yeah, I mean, like currently we're having, uh, we ha- we actually have something there. Yeah, but that is another thing it. that I really it's dislike. Dead. It's dead. It's a, it's a, we- I don't even know why we have it there. I mean, we've taken it with us from our, f- like, back where we grew up in <laughs> yeah. home. But it's like a very weird piece of, what, could, is it art? Is it supposed to be art? Yeah, it's basically, a, yeah, it's an art it's like, it is, creation It's like a huge vase. Sticks. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge vase where they're just like, about 120 brown sticks in there. Sticks. I mean, sticks. I, I don't think it looks ugly. I think it looks it's a bit evil. Evil. I think you just have bad memories attached to it. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, anyway, next question. Candlelight and fire in general, yes or no? Yes. I'm also very Love much it. a candle yeah. person, yeah. This was a point of conflict actually for me and my partner, who mm-hmm. is not so much a fire person, but I'm also... Very much a yeah. candle person. Yeah. Also like incense. Yes. And oh yeah. All Love these it. types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then scents, air freshener, scented candles. Love everything that's a smells. nice scent. Doesn't matter what. Just I love I love everything that's like an added Same. yumminess. Same. And then the last question is music. So like loud party mm. music, zen meditation music. That was actually an interesting one for your partner because your partner is very much... Zen and like silent. Music. Yeah, he's he's Zen and but then he also has this minimal like like kind of chill techno. Yeah, but also like whenever vibe. I also, like, yeah, but it's always also very quiet. Like the music's yes. always very quiet. Yeah, and I love like I I say okay if I work and I listen to music of course like in the background and everything. But if I'm like you know doing something that I don't need concentration for like cleaning yeah. or you know like ordering something unpacking, um, then I love to be like you know like in a cocoon of music and mm-hmm. like really what. Whatever mood I'm in, whether it is like Greek music mood or Latin music mood or jazz mood or whatever, symphony mood, I want to like be consumed by it as much mm-hmm. as possible. So I like literally this thing where it's like, it's loud enough for it to be the most present thing in your mind. Yeah. That's like the level that I like. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're pretty loud. Like you're, you know, compared to the average person, yeah. you love listening to pretty loud Music? If I'm by myself, of course. But I mean, if there is, a other, if yeah. if there is another person there, yeah, 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 obviously course, I'm going to yeah. talk to them. For <laughs> me, it's, um, I, I like music, but actually not in every situation. Sometimes mm. I also appreciate silence mm-hmm. when I need to focus. And for me, it's definitely not too loud. Unless I'm, you know, dancing yeah. to it yeah, and yeah, partying yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, and the other thing is that I also like, like, 
music that energizes you. Like mm. I don't like music that is chill or you know Nora Jones. <laughs> you know, I like music I that like Nora gives Jones. you gives you energy or or like pulls you into one direction very strongly that is yeah. not the direction chill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Interestingly, the only time I like listening to not chill music in terms of like atmospherically chill music, but like you know just nice pleasant calming songs is when I work out. Oh really? Yeah, it's the only situation because and it started with my personal trainer was like, this is the type of music you listen to when you work out. Like usually everyone listens like to pump up yeah. mixes and everything, but this majorly stresses me out. Like like it, it oh, it's a perfect. I didn't know that. It's a perfect counterpoint to me, like losing my mm. like you know being very challenged energetically to have something a music a type of music that just you know, kind of like calms yeah. me down. Yeah, interesting. What I, what I just want to add, just because we're talking about music, is that so often people say, you know, if I want to relax, I listen to classical music. Yeah. And I find that just so strange. Yeah. Probably, of course, because we are yeah. classical musicians and yeah. we listen to it so differently. But when I listen to classical music, there's nothing relaxing about it. Not, not at all. I'm totally focused, trying yeah. to understand what's happening, trying to analyze yeah, the interpretation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, yeah, for me, yeah, it's yeah. the most unrelaxing yeah. thing ever. Yeah. I mean, actually, what I like, what I don't like listening to at all is just because you said relaxing and many times like these relaxed mixes are these like super sim simplistic like yeah, yeah. melodies that are supposed to like slightly kitschy I would say and this is the type I really don't like listening yeah, to that same. at all Me, like yeah. also w w like plain music or like mm. waiting room music you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. I like something that emotionally takes you in some direction but I think generally we are very much on the same yeah. music yeah, taste yeah. Yeah, uh, boat yes. and sometimes we just like go for a Greek party in the kitchen exactly love Greek it music, or just a dance party or like a, yeah. a 90s party yeah. uh, no, the club cool. music that we grew it's up with fun. party yes. yeah it's absolutely okay so um have you do you have a story yes prepared? actually i do have a story okay. and it is like quite a, a full circle moment when i think about it many times because i remember that obviously you know we grew up together but then when you were 16 and i was 12 you had a six month period abroad mm -hmm. where you lived in Austria for six months and it was like this huge I would say challenge especially for me because I mean obviously you were having like an adventure in Austria and I was just back at home going to school normally so I remember like it was like this huge thing oh my god I can't imagine they know you know we're not going to be living together and I was thinking to myself when we were talking about it that from that point onwards you had another two and a half years living at home and then after that we both knew you were moving away for studies and then yeah. I would be staying at home for three years um, by my, well, living there and then I would come and study. And that was like, you know, this big looming, I would say, uh, black cloud in my life that in two and a half years you would then move away. But I remember that I was saying that, yeah, but, you know, which means that in five and a half years, when I have also graduated, we can actually move in the two of us. And we were like fantasizing, yeah, we're going to live and we're going to do this and this and that. And of course, you know, when I then graduated, was was very happy to move in by myself and kind of also have these like super um, living by myself, interesting experiences and things like that. But it's so interesting that, again, give another almost 10 years, like eight years or something like that. And we're actually living together. Yeah. And I mean, a very different situation than we thought. I mean, you've got kids and a relationship and I have a friend that's living here and there is no parent, everything, but we are living together. And it's like kind of sometimes when I think if my 12 year old self could have Knew known yeah. that this is where we we're going to end up, I think I would have been like, you know, ah, you know, this is something I can look forward to type thing. Yeah. Yeah. My story is, yeah, it's not so much a story, more just 
a, such a positive memory mm. and it is a very recent memory because when we moved in here or when, when you actually moved into the house, it was just before Christmas mm -hmm. and creating our first Christmas in this mm. house together, yeah. Yeah. I found was such a beautiful experience. And we kind of also said, let's make this the beginning of a tradition because yeah. um, for Kiveli and I, we, we spend a lot of Christmases at our dad's place in California. And after that, also a lot of Christmases in Greece. Yeah. And we never really had this Christmas in our home where we actually live throughout the year yeah. experience. Yeah. We always yeah, went yeah, yeah. away for Christmas. And we thought also now, of course, with my kids, that it would be nice to maybe start that. Yeah. And it was so, so nice for me. I think we're both people that love Christmas a lot. Yeah. But we decorated the entire house. We yes. bought a gigantic yes. Christmas tree yes. and created this whole thing yeah. with the presents and how yeah. we wanted to do it. And I feel like it's already paid off because we were already planning this year's Christmas yes. here. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Yeah, yeah, usually yeah, yeah. it was always kind of a discussion between us, where are we going to go, yeah. where are we going to visit? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, we're here, yes. we're in our home, yeah. we're going to spend yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah, here yeah. as a family. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I also, I, think I remember I was so excited when we moved in here because it was like the first time, because before we would live in, in different apartments and places, and but it was always very clear that it was a temporary thing. Yeah. And when we finally both moved into this house, it was like, okay, we found this house, with the vision of making it our own and also the way we've obviously decorated it and yeah. the furniture we've put in it we've like put so much thought into it and it was like this first because you moved in in August and I moved in in December right yeah. and the, like the first big thing we did was the big tradition we could start was Christmas and I remember saying like all these things that we do now are going to be traditions for many years and the kids are going to remember that as the Christmas tradition yeah. and it's yeah. so exciting it's true. and now it's literally September and Kiveli already mentioned to me when are we going to put up the Christmas yeah, so decorations no basically there is obviously still Halloween coming end of yeah. October but I do think and I know that other people are like oh no the Christmas tree comes like one day before Christmas or something no no I'm not no I, I'm not yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm thinking like you know throughout the course of November you know a little so snowman can up. pop up right bit of lighting can pop up and then first of December Christmas trees up Like, you know, we can start... That's how we did it last year. I know, I know, yeah. that's how we did it. But we know we, we can start, like, maybe in the end of November, like, discussing what, how we're going to decorate the Christmas tree, buying I some mean, ornaments. My kids have already discussed... You oh yeah, know, that they're saying yeah, we're gonna take the blue balls. Oh yeah, I and love it. I love it. <laughs> they yeah, yeah, have yeah, already yeah. decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know I'm, I'm already I'm already excited <laughs> with it. And then you're like, no first presents popping. I don't know. Like the last time was actually very difficult because your kids are still at an age when they see a present. Yeah. It's very difficult to say like, open it in 20 days, you know. Yeah. But uh, like we, we, last year we did another super cool thing, which was basically from the night of the 24th to the 25th, we filled the entire space under the Christmas tree with like so many presents, and it wasn't just ours. It was like literally from my dad and from us and from uh, your partner and from like your kids or for your kids and then also like my friend like the godfather and the godmother of the kids with their parents like all of the presents it was, from a, these, like, it was a typical 12 13 different yeah. people a typical and, open, and I would yeah. say it was a typical Durkin Christmas yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. every Durkin Christmas includes having so many people from yeah the most different backgrounds yeah. you can imagine um, and it, it I loved it so much yes. yeah, yeah, it yeah. was so nice and of course if like you've got the presents from like 15 different people for the other 14 obviously like there's some accumulative present situation going yeah. on in the Christmas which I just love I remember the kids came down and they lost their minds like <laughs> yeah. so many presents and everything was so colorful <laughs> and it's exactly what Christmas should be about yeah. 
So now this has turned into a Christmas episode. And, um, yeah, we hope that you're not all in the Christmas spirit just yet. But getting um, there, getting, <laughs> getting there pretty soon. And Christmas exactly. music. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think in December we're going to be making a lot of Christmassy episodes. I can already yeah. feel it. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Okay, so yes, we hope you enjoyed this episode on the open household concept. Concept. Um, yeah, we don't have really have um, discussed this. Yeah, yeah. We, we we haven't discussed what we're going to talk about. So we're going to have to week, uh, tune we'll in see. next week to find out. <laughs> exactly. Be surprised. See you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Sister Trill with Danai and Kiveli.